Hey, Danny, how you doing, man? We're all currency, my dear. <laughs> yeah. The only one that matters is when they put my face on the coin or the £10 note or whatever it was she said. Um, oh, good old, good old Liz. Good old what a weird exchange that was. Really weird. This film was um, weird. Yeah, um, I have a number of opinions about this film and I think we're going to disagree about it, so that should be fun. But before that happens, okay. <laughs> um, let's. have we got some bullshit? Because we always do. Yes, we do. Are you ready? I do. Yes, I'm ready. I do. Okay. Whoa. Molly May from Love Island gets in hot oh, water. <laughs> I know. I, it's um, whenever you see an influencer come up in the headlines, it always makes you think, "Oh, for God's sake, yeah. what the hell has happened this time? Have they said some incredibly insensitive thing, or have they done something incredibly stupid?" Yeah. And in this case, it seemed to be a, a bizarre mix of the two. Yes. Um, the thing is, Danny, you just need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We've all got the same 24 hours. We can all do whatever we want. We can all get to be, what is it she is? Executive comptroller of yeah. a pretty little thing or whatever? Yeah, so <sighs> just for some context, for those of you that don't know, Molly May, um, I don't know her second name, uh, Fury soon. Oh my God, I, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, uh, of course. Jesus Christ. Uh, so she did an interview. With um mm. with a sort uh, of podcast thing, and uh, <laughs> that's how I would describe us—a sort of <laughs> podcast thing. Podcast, some podcast thing, and uh, she um she was talking about how we all have essentially the same twenty-four hours in a day, and our success is not down to socio-economic factors; it's down to how far you're willing to go. Mm to achieve success mm. she even admitted that's the one that she'd been slammed in the past for saying such things because people uh, people rightly said well you have no idea you you, you haven't grown up in, in poverty mm. and you know no offense to her but love island it wasn't as if you know she it's worked. not a taxing job yeah she didn't work <laughs> for 20 years to get to love island mm. she was picked because of her relative symmetry and, and mm. was put on a show and then got brand deals after it, you know? North Korean mm. Love Island would be an interesting show. Would it? I, it would be, I <laughs> don't really know. It would be odd and depressing. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it might be like that bit from The Emperor's New Groove, where um, Kuzco's advisor has found, like, a, a group of women, for, and he's like, Kuzco, which one of these do you want to marry? And he, like, goes down the line, and he's like, no, I don't like your face, I don't like your hair, I don't like your whatever, and he goes down the line. Maybe it'd be like that, but with King, Kim Jong-un instead of David Spade. Yeah, he's the only man, Perhaps. he's the only man in the in the entire place, in the in the island that isn't an island. Um, yeah. yeah, the sort of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so that's what, that's what she said, we all have the t- same 24 hours as Beyonce. <sighs> Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you just have to work harder. And I've worked my arse off to get where I am. No, she hasn't. She really me. hasn't. God's sake. Um, so, yeah, it's just the same old, you know, incredibly wealthy people telling people that, that haven't had the same opportunities that the reason that you're in mm-hmm. the situation that you're in isn't because of external factors, as every statistician worth his salt clearly shows that that's yeah. the main mm-hmm. reason why people aren't wealthy um it's because you're not willing to work as hard as molly may 
that's the reason. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Molly May, she's put her nose to the grindstone. She's out there. She's sewing clothes together, pretty little thing. Yeah. Doing all sorts of things. She's really working her ass off. Yeah. Getting the pretty little thing name out there. She's doing advertising, social media. She's doing all of it, Dan. Oh yeah, the company that she the company that she represents pays the workers three pound fifty. You know, they're just not Jesus working hard Christ. enough. You know, disgusting, so, disgusting. They're not working yeah. hard the enough. The thing that um, the thing that it reminded me of in the most insane, bizarre way is: Do you remember that episode of Family Guy where Brian writes a really shit book? No. Uh, oh. Wish it, want it, do it. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Doggy does, yeah. And and the idea of the book is, oh, it's a self-help book. And um, he starts the book and is like, okay, so what do you wish for in your life? Write it here in this book. Okay, add 20 blank pages and all the rest of it. And that's the entire thing of the book mm. is it says, what do you wish for? What do you want? How do you do it? What's the steps between here and doing it? Um, and then he goes on to, like, he gains massive success for this because it's the kind of sort of um, yeah. self-help book that sells a lot of copies very well. And a lot of the times these things are very successful. Oh, yeah. And you know, I'm sure there are people that they help and that's great. But um, January self-help books. Yeah. Well, there's, there, there, is some, there is some wisdom to that, Dougie. You're completely right. You've got, but, um, you've got Jordan Peterson. You've got Jordan Peterson with his uh, Oy, 12 yeah. rules for life. One of them being clean your room. One, I don't know if that's an actual rule, but I think he did say that. Um, one of them being, uh, put your shoulders back because that will um, that will increase your attitude and it will make you um, feel more successful. That was an actual fucking. That's a chapter in his fucking book. Um, <laughs> good, good stuff. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, the wish it, want it, do it, and stuff. And then he goes on to like a more serious talk show, which, well, it has Bill Maher on it, so it's not great, but. Um, he, they, he talks to different people and they sort of say like well yeah you can wish it and you can want it and you can do it but if you don't have the educational advantages or you don't have the cash already in your pocket what's the point in just saying I'm going to work really hard for this yeah. because you can't do it for example if, if I wanted to get a book published which I would love to get a book published but if I were to get a book published I'm already at an advantage because I have a career as a writer I am fluent in English I'm yeah. more wealthy than a lot of other people are out there in the world. I'm fortunate enough to have access to power and a keyboard. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm fortunate enough to have access to all these things. Yes. But there are a lot of other barriers of entry that somebody who is less well off than me or somebody who is um, d- doesn't have as good a grasp on, say, English. Or, or Do you know what I mean? It's There are barriers for entry to these things that I've already overcome. Yeah. And I'm not blind to that. I was born into a, a privileged life, really. Yeah. Um... It just infuriates me looking at Molly May saying, you just got to work, you just got to put the time in, put the hours in. You come from an incredibly rich family. Yeah. You, you are a rich person. So yeah. you are wealthy, you are advantaged. Uh, you lucked out by being picked onto Love Island. Mm. It's the same as people that are like, oh, I'm proud to be British or I'm proud to be anything. No, that's a stroke of luck. Yeah. It's a roll of the dice, what country you were born in and what, what things happened to you. That's not something to be proud of. That's just something that's happened around you do you know what i mean yeah it's an accident absurd it's an accident of birth um Mm -hmm. people the 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 sort of neoliberal bubble that we all live in spout the same lie continuously that oh yeah he's a self-made billionaire you know he's he's worked his way up from nothing there is no such thing there is absolutely (sighs) no such thing nobody earns a billion dollars nobody in the world earns a billion dollars you ex- you exploit a billion dollars out of the people whose wages yeah. you are not paying. Yeah. You exploit a billion dollars by set by not giving your workers adequate compensation for their time. Yeah. It's best disgusting to consider the idea that 
that Elon Musk is out there sitting on hundreds of billions of dollars, yeah. which actually isn't even all his. It isn't even real. Yeah. It's just the promise of hundreds of billions of dollars. Exactly. That he doesn't actually have, but he could potentially have, and that's what makes him an influential person. Yeah. It's disgusting to consider that, oh, yeah, he's got the same amount of time in a day. No, he doesn't. Because no. he's already got people working five individual careers for him already that he doesn't have to do. He can spend his day getting really good at Spanish or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He can spend every day learning a new language for an entire year and his income would not be affected whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, he already has the, other people working his jobs for him. The best... Oh, I'm on a right rant now, you, Warren. You take the mic. Yeah, I will. I will grab it off you. Um, the, best, the best example that these people always say is Bill Gates and uh, oh, another one, Warren Buffett. Okay, Bill Gates was born into a middle to upper class lifestyle before he even started going to university and, and, and did the thing that he did. I can't remember what it was. What was the... Th- it was in his gar- Microsoft, garage or something. Like No, he, there was something that made him really wealthy. Um, He dropped out. Yeah, but unfortunately, the, the majority of people that go, that ha- have had to pay their way in, that have mm. actually started from nothing, can't actually afford to drop out, you know? Like he had... He had mm. A good, a good family to fall back on. Warren Buffett's dad was a a, a stockbroker and a congressman before like, he he came. So like, everyone has advantages if you're gonna yeah. make that amount of money. No one starts like from nothing and then builds their way up. It because if that's the way it worked, we would all be wealthy. But the system yeah. that we live in it isn't designed for everyone to be wealthy. It isn't designed mm-hmm. so that everyone gets a fair crack at it. They lie, and they say that everyone has a fair shot at it, but we don't. We just don't. Mm. Because if we did, then greedy bastards wouldn't be able to make money. Yeah, you're completely right. Yeah, it's it, it's a necessary lie of a, of a capitalist society yeah. to say, um, yeah, you have uh, plenty of chances to get a billion pounds. You can earn that much money when you can't. If yeah. you earned £100,000 every year from the day that Jesus was born to today, you would still not even scratch the surface of Elon Musk's yeah. wealth or Jeff Bezos or any of them because it's such an obscure, insane amount of money. Um, if you got to eat and you're likely to be PM than someone who went to a local high school, Dougie says. Absolutely. Yeah, you're completely right. Completely. I think it's 20 of, 20 of our country's prime ministers have been to Eton, mm-hmm. which is a massively disproportionate amount when you really consider the number of schools in the country yeah. and the number of prime ministers. It's just it's ludicrous it's to think mental. of. Um, the, the the saddest thing about this isn't the fact that she said it isn't the fact the implications of, of what it could mean it's the fact that mm. you can tell that she genuinely believes what she says like different mm. different if you're a liar and you're just a, a shill who will who will just say whatever you know because you can tell who those people are but mm. she actually believes that if you just work hard enough you'll get to become the beauty representative of a fucking pretty little thing. And it's like, that's mm. how these people continue to fleece the average person. That's how, that's how they continue to get the money that they do because the people that have made it, so to speak, end up believing the bullshit and they continue to spout it, you know? So it's a, it's a mm. never-ending cycle of lies mm. and, and incompetence. Yeah, it's um, incredibly frustrating and incredibly annoying. And um, it's the thing that I keep coming back to, which is um, even if all of this weren't true, and if society were run by a secret cabal of lizard people in human skin suits, surely they'd come up with a better illusion than this. Because if they were some secret cabal of elite lizard people or whatever, 
then I they would come up with something that could fool me. Do you know what I mean? You mean it isn't, <laughs> Dougie says. Mm. If it is, they're not doing a very fucking good job, are they? Christ. So, silver lining out of this. Mm-hmm. She has not been let go for it. Let people, a lot, a lot of fucking people have seen right through that bullshit. And they have mm-hmm. absolutely lambasted her and people like her for it. Which, mm. I, I mean, I, I, I just see so many people say this stuff and it's like you just need to work hard i'm gonna do it because that's what i want to do and my force of will will allow me to get it like we hear that shit all the time but the fact Mm -hmm. that more and more people i think are now seeing wait a minute that's just bollocks like i have to look Mm. i have to i care full time for my fucking dad how am i supposed Mm. to how can i possibly use the time that you have it's like like people are just I think more and more people are breaking through it and just being like, this is horseshit. This is just how mm-hmm. people make more money, you know? And thank God for that. Yep. Because it's it's something that... I, I... Yeah, thank God for that is all I can say, really. It's something that I utterly despise. And I think it's um a place you can really see it very well nowadays is in NFTs and this whole cryptocurrency yes. nonsense Bitcoin which is circulating and... the globe. Yeah, because it's like... At the core of it, at the very, very core of it, the idea of a of a of a sort of unilateral currency, uh, a Dougie doesn't understand it. Okay, well, strap in. This is going to be the greatest explanation you've ever heard in your life. Um, <laughs> imagine you've got a car, okay, and you turn your car on in your driveway overnight, and then when you go out to your car in the morning, out of the little um, exhaust port, you pull a solved crossword puzzle. The car has both printed a crossword puzzle and solved it. Mm-hmm. And because that's an in- an inherently complicated thing to do, it's worth money to give somebody this solved crossword because it might help somebody else to solve other crosswords. Yeah. That crossword would be one Bitcoin, one Ethereum, one whatever, if that makes sense. And the car would be one of these little Bitcoin mining rigs that's five graphics cards all sellotaped together on a motherboard. Yeah. That's what that would be. And an NFT is essentially, if you flip over the crossword and write on the back, my name is Lewis Brindley and I own this crossword and also this painting of a monkey. That's what an NFT is. Yeah. But then it's just, well, I suppose it's whosoever holds this crossword is is, is the holder of this particular picture of a monkey mm-hmm. is an NFT. But the point I'm slowly getting around to trying to make is this the, the the sort of myth of a self-made person is is very evident within cryptocurrency circles because it's yeah. it's it's a story that's too good to be true. Yeah. Because it happened with Bitcoin, the idea of oh, when it first was um, invented or bought out or released or whatever in two thousand and one, I think it was, uh, you could buy a hundred Bitcoin for a hundred dollars, and today that'd be worth however many millions of pounds mm-hmm. because it's such an incredibly valuable thing because people say it is. That's a fantastic idea. The idea that, well, oh my god, on my USB stick that I had in, 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 in high school, I had three bitcoins, and now that's worth so much money. Oh my god. Yeah. That's a fantastic idea. But it's that that means that it's just opened the doors for so many other scammers. that yeah. people. Are, I've drawn this picture of a monkey on the back of a napkin, and I've made an NFT, and now it could be worth thousands upon thousands of pounds in ten years' time. Yeah, exactly. But it probably won't be. The idea of a decentralized currency is something I can sort of get behind in a, in a strange level. The idea of like having a currency that is not inherently backed up by the value of something else. Yeah. Because what if the something else becomes more abundant or artificial scarcity yeah, is introduced? Same. So the thing of the 
Go on. It's the, it's the same. It's the essential same principle as gambling. You know. Yes, it is. Yeah. You know, the, they always say gambling is a mugs game. You know, it's it's it could happen, and it has happened, but yeah. because human beings have this affinity to think that oh it's happened before so it'll happen again like that's just that for some reason that like a ba- a basketball player getting hoops three times in a row everyone's going to want and think that they're going to get it again and obviously mm. they don't because for lots and lots of different reasons but that's that's the whole point and while you're betting yeah. on that people are making money off of it you know mhm yeah you're completely right and it's um the thing that really does get me is the idea of like a decentralized currency does make a lot of sense in a funny way. The idea of like, um, there's that old story about how pound sterling, when it was first made back in the days of yore, was backed up by the price of gold. The idea that gold is inherently rare and so therefore up silver. But silver is inherently rare and therefore valuable because yeah. people will pay money to make it into jewelry and other things. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, if you have a piece of paper that says, uh, I, I promise to pay the bearer on demand, it says on fivers or whatever, I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of five pounds of silver. That's yeah. the idea of what that means. Um, so then the money gets traded back and forth. But what happens if suddenly a brand new an asteroid crashes into the Earth with that is entirely made of silver? And suddenly the price of silver plummets, so your money is worth nothing. Yeah, That is obvious. Well, it's an incredibly unlikely concern, but it's a concern that is understandable mm-hmm. at the very least and if that's the idea behind a decentralized currency of having something that says okay my currency is not backed up by the value of anything else so therefore that enormous crash in value can't possibly happen okay that sounds like an interesting concept um but where, who holds most of the bitcoin and most of the currency do we think i think it's 27 percent of all bitcoin or yeah. something are held by like one or two people yeah you you fall into this same capitalist cycle of the money is held by two or three people and then everybody else is scrabbling over the crumbs. Yeah, exactly. It's absurd. Exactly. It's absurd. It really is. Um, but hey, there is no but hey. hey. That, that's it. That's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that, that people will, will finally mm-hmm. achieve class consciousness and just say, do mm-hmm. we really need, do we really need a tiny proportion of the population controlling all mm-hmm. of the wealth. A wealth gap that's yeah. bigger than when the feudal lords were ruling over the peasants. Uh, yeah, a wealth gap bigger than um, during the French Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck no, <sighs> is my no, answer. But yeah, um, at least they were accountable to their overlords. Who? <laughs> what, the feudal lords? We're accountable to God. Oh yeah, they... they wait... I, I don't I don't understand what you're saying. They had to behave. Or... They had to behave or lose their job. Are you joking? The idea that I genuinely don't. Yeah. No, the idea that feudal lords were like under some bureaucratic legislative body that monitored their behaviour really really closely is just not true. Fe- like, peasants were just beaten up for like looking at a fucking night wrong. It was like it was utterly barbaric, you know. I, I, I'm afraid I don't know enough about the time period, but what you're saying does sound true, Dan. Because I suppose the person that would have held barons, lords accountable would have been the crown. Yeah. And I suppose the crown don't have any incentive to chase down uh, Lord Jim of, of Sussex or whatever yeah. <laughs> if, he, if he starts mistreating his peasants because they were a- he's given them money. Do you know what I mean? They were accountable to their overlords, but who were their overlords? You know, it's not like, you know... A sort of democratic body that was governing them. It was 
it was a monarch, you know, it was it was mm. someone who's even worse because they have an even less uh, a, a far removed warped version of of what life is like for for most people, you know. It's just mm. I want that for my dinner, and everyone else is fallen to buggery, you know. But um, mm. um. So now now that we've shouted at Dougie for no fuck off, Dougie. Dougie's just put a sad face in the chat. Yeah. Um, now that we've shouted at Dougie, I think the, the, the key theme is um, if you've got any cryptocurrency, get rid of it as soon as you possibly can yeah. because it's a, it's also destroying the planet because the way it, instead of running your car in the driveway overnight, you're actually running five cars in a tiny box and depleting yeah. fossil fuels and polluting the planet massively. So maybe it's not really a good idea. Maybe. Just maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, moving on gently from our, our rant about capitalism and cryptocurrency. A great way to start the new year, I must say. Absolutely. Moving on gently from that rant, um, what film are we talking about today, Danny? Uh, we're talking about Spencer. Yay! <laughs> and I think I know where Lewis is going with this. And it was uh, written by Stephen Knight, who wrote Peaky Blinders, by the way. And uh, it was directed... I didn't like Peaky Blinders. You fucker. I started it and I never got into it. Chloe and I, we started it and I was like, okay, so it's sort of just after World War One, and these people are all very stressed out in a pub. Uh, maybe it's very good. Maybe I need to give it another chance. But I, I never got into it when I first started watching it. Yeah. Um, I'd give it... I'd, maybe I'm wrong. I'd, I don't know. I'd give it another go. You think? It's not for, it's not for okay. everyone. It is a bit... It can be a bit full on, but I mean, it's... Mm. it's um, I, then I there are a lot it. of tremendous actors in it, aren't there? There's, yeah. Um, What's a name whose name I've completely and immediately forgotten? It was in my head. So Sam Neill, Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he plays a. Is he really? He plays a northern. Bloody hell! He plays a northern Irish inspector. Oh God! Um, and what's a who played Narcissa Malfoy in Harry Potter? Um, oh, she died quite Helen, recently. I've forgotten her name. Helen, Helen McCrory. Something. Helen McCrory. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Who was also in Doctor Who? Now that I think about it. Um, and Anya Taylor Joy. She's in it, isn't she? Cillian yeah. Murphy, Tom Hardy. That's right. Lots of very skilled actors are in it. Um, so maybe I do need to give it uh, another try. Right. What's his name? What's the guy's name from? Uh, he's in loads of shit. Hunger Games. He was in Me, uh, Me Before You. Sam Kaplan. Um, Sam, Ka- really? Yeah, he's in it. He plays a he plays oh. he plays <clears throat> he plays a fascist in it. Uh, Oswald. Oh, wonderful! He plays Oswald Mosley in it. Um, oh God, that's um. I mean, in in Me Before You, he was um a fairly nice guy, and in what was it, Hunger Games, he was a rebel against a fascist state. Yeah, so I suppose he's showing range. Yeah, because when 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 I think of Sam Clayfin, I don't immediately think villain. Um. But I suppose yeah, showing range. That's no, a good he's thing. he's very he's very good as him. Um, mm, mm. But there you go. Uh, yeah, and it was also directed by uh, Pablo. Uh, Le- oh my god. La- <laughs> Here we go. Lorraine. I'm gonna say Lorraine. This? Not as in Lorraine oh. Kelly. Spencer. <laughs> uh, Spencer IMDb. Oh, it's still on at the cinema. Damn. Um. Pablo, oh god, yeah, Lorraine, Loran, Loran. I don't know where he's L something or L A R R A I N. Let's say Lorraine. Can Dougie see? Yeah, sure. Hang on. Um. Like that, Dougie. What do we think? <laughs> oh, he's gone silent. No typing Lorraine. is occurring here. I thought it was Lorraine. 
Brilliant. Thanks for your help, Doug. Lorraine. Lorraine. Yeah. Yeah. Lorraine. Let's go. Lorraine. I don't know. I'm going to fucking. I'm going to kill the both of you. Let's fucking go with Lorraine. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay, we're going with Lorraine. Um, If you're listening, um, I (laughs) apologise. Um, it is starring uh, Kirsten Stewart, Timothy Spall, uh, Jack Farthing, Sean Harris, and Sally Hawkins, and some other people. So there you go. Um, Danny, I can't believe you've just said Lorraine and then immediately said Kirsten Stewart. Honestly. What? It's Kristen Stewart. Kirsten, Honestly, Danny. Kirsten Stewart. Um, and uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, so it is. Kristen Stewart. Yes. <laughs> I'm never going to meet her. I'm just being a twat. I'm never going to meet her. Um, okay, uh, do you have an opening statement for this film, Liz? Um, I do, but I'd like you to go first, please. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, there we go, see? A slow, cerebral character study of a woman in an oppressive structure that is unforgiving to individual needs. An un, uh, a military hierarchy that allows for no deviation, but as a mother and a human being, those entities come into major conflict. Okay, um... What a load of old shit! <laughs> a study of how to make Diana, um, um, how to make Diana is mentally unstable last for nearly two hours. Yeah, it's a terrible film. I loathed every second of this film. I really did not like it. I, um, I did say it was it slow. Was, it looks bad. <laughs> you did say it was slow. It is slow, um, but it's it's so slow that it feels as though nothing is happening. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> Because Chloe um, watched this film. Um, does it mention her anorexia? Yes, it mentions her bulimia at quite great length. Yeah. Um, Chloe watched this film and um, stopped about, I think, about halfway through. Um, and I, I said to Chloe this morning, oh, I finished Spencer. And she said, oh, uh, they said, oh, does it get any better? I said, no, it's shit all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> it's just because I remember, um, I think, again, this morning, Chloe said something like, in the first 45 minutes, it's just sort of, Diana arrives at this mysterious house and then goes to a dinner party and then goes to a fridge. That is it. That is all that happens in the first 45 minutes. And it's infuriating. And there's no dialogue in this film, which is insane to me. Yeah. You've got, like, like, I quite like Kristen Stewart. I find her to be quite a charismatic actor. And I really have enjoyed her performances and other things in... um, what did I call it? American Ultra, which is one of my favourite films. I really like that. Yep. And she did um, Adventureland as well, that I really liked. A very charismatic performance in both of those. And yet in this, I just found her annoying. Yeah. And I found it difficult to watch her. I don't know. It's really bizarre. And um, yeah, I didn't I didn't like this film. Um, right, Danny, before I let you talk, I've got to have a tiny little nitpick. That is, it's this is something that has bugged me, and I can't believe it's got to episode ninety-eight or whatever we're on, and I haven't mentioned it. Danny, you know every single Batman film mm-hmm. where Martha Wayne's pearls snap around her neck and then fall <laughs> separately to the ground. Yeah, yeah, and you know how that happens not once but twice <laughs> in this film I know. in the royal family where. And they have more money than God to buy the fanciest pearl necklaces that money can possibly buy. That is not how pearl necklaces are made. They are made with little individual knots between each of the pearls so that the pearls don't rub together and erode over time. 
which means that this it happens in every Batman film, which I can ex- I can allow because it's a cartoon and I'm not meant to take it seriously. Yeah. But in this film that I'm supposed to take seriously is like an art house cinema piece. Yeah. I don't, and then I have to watch Kristen Stewart shoveling pearls into her mouth. Yeah. Like, did that? What, what is going on? Did that happen? Oh, or did is that just a vision? I don't know, but it's the most infuriating thing in the world. Yeah, because like the, oh, the, the pearls go into her soup and like. Mm. No one does anything. Like, no one. Everyone just continues mm. eating, right? I get that they're all family is bad, right? I get that they're bad. And they probably <laughs> yeah. have really weird traditions that are quite unforgiving to people, right? But the idea that they're like that, no. that's that. Like, like, the crown portrays mm. them more accurately. They're mm. cold, like, uh, but they'll laugh at dinner, if you get me. It's like yeah, yeah, if any, yeah. if there's any sort of uh, sort of trouble, they'll just sort of sweep it away. They won't like sit like fucking vampires like, and and just watch you choke <laughs> on your pearls for fuck's sake, you know. Um, and that yeah, that's something I do like about the crown is it it manages to find an interesting balance between the idea of um, Elizabeth Windsor the person and Elizabeth Windsor an embodiment of an yeah. ancient institution. It find, it strikes an interesting balance that both is interesting to watch the uh, the performer play, but also to, to, to centre a story around, and that's really interesting. Um, yeah. But this film just doesn't. It's really bizarre. Uh, during their divorce, Diana said to Charles that the Spencers have been in the UK longer than the Hanovers and the Saxe-Coburg and Gothas, the Winsers. Um they might have been, but at the end of the day, it's all made up. So who gives a yeah, shit? Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's literally. That's, I, I know that's a bit harsh, but it's it's <laughs> it's my it's, humble opinion on the matter. Yeah. It's, um, it's who had the big absurd. It's who had the most resources, and then killed everyone that opposed them, and then created yeah. traditions. You know, um, it's like it's not it's not important to me. I don't think it's magic. I don't think it's um special. I think it's just. You know, we've killed everyone that was against us. Now we have to make up mm. some ritual bollocks to justify his being in power, you know? Um, mm, mm. But that's the way I and see it's, it. Um, yeah, it's... Here's a, a another sort of odd... I'm not sure whether to give this to the film or to allow it to exist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that that implies that I can just erase the film from existence if I really try. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I can't, but I would like to. Um... Diana, Diana's ancestral home, the Spencer ancestral home, mm-hmm. in real life, is still exists. It's a it's a building and some surrounding land, and I, if I'm remembering right, I think Diana is buried on an island in a lake in that estate. Um, which I might be wrong with that, but I think that's right. Um, she's buried there. You're right. Oh, thank you, Dougie. Well, um, but yes, but then in this film, the ancestral home of the Spencers is it's not burned out, yeah. but neither is it. It's it's like um. It's 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 decrepit. It's ruined. It's boarded up. It's it's described as like being dangerous yeah. to go in and all the rest of it, which implies you know either it's been burned out or there's been some kind of um, woodworm infestation or whatever it might have been. Um, but do we say that that's annoying because it's not something that's realistic? But also, it does describe it as it, I think it's in the early couple of frames of the film something about like the fable of spencer or something the fable of diana spencer or something like that so is this supposed to be like sort of a cautionary tale almost like a like a fairy tale or like a fable yeah about like where things are just very convenient like yeah it is quite convenient that 
the uh, mad woodsman came in at the last second and saved Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. It is quite convenient that Diana's house was both burned out and within walking distance from the royal family's house that they're in Christmas. They're, they're, they're at for Christmas. Yeah. It was, um, I don't know what to make of it, but I didn't like it. So I'm, I've decided to be annoyed by it. Yeah. I mean, I, I let. What happened to uh, okay? What happened to Diana? Right, terrible, absolutely fucking terrible. Mm. I'll never dispute that in a thousand years. Yes. What happened to Diana is a tragedy. It's a it, it, it's a truly horrid story yeah. of, of what's happened. Yeah, but I wish people would be more honest about the type of person that she actually was, because every time mm. she's portrayed in media, she's portrayed as this goddess that can do like absolutely no wrong okay i know Mm. for a fact right i watched documentaries on this shit she barely ever went to her fucking home estate after she was involved Mm. with charles and the royal family Mm. and and the see see the fever dream that took over the country when she died like it was Mm. absolutely like immense like things were just being made up that didn't happen because it was like it, oh, I, I, I can't remember it because I was really like, I don't I wasn't alive, um, but uh, <laughs> nineteen ninety seven. But look, like, I know people that just say yeah. I mean, everyone was like, obsessed, like, obs- mm. as if like they knew her and they knew everything that was going on, and that's the problem with films like this, and to a mm, I mean, greater extent, The Crown, because we are putting our own things on these people. And I don't, mm. and I don't think that, sort of, um, idolizing someone, who, you know, made mistakes the same as Charles, you know, and was from that lifestyle and from that privileged background. Like she wasn't like some diamond in the rough, you know. She was treated horrendously, but she mm. was she was still in it. She was part of that, you know. And it's just mm. it seems to me that. That's the only criticism that can be levied at the royal family, but people don't go any further than that. They just say, "Oh yeah, Diana was treated horribly," but it's like, but everything else that they do is just like completely ignored. You know, it's just people mm. just love a fairy tale, and I think that that's what we often get with stories about Diana. Mm, I think it could be argued maybe that the sort of hysteria that took over the country—I don't like using the word hysteria—but um, the the sort of emotion that took over the the country after Diana's death. Could that have been maybe guilt to some level? Because there's, there's a mm. reason the paparazzi were so doggedly and determinedly following her everywhere she went, was because there was an appetite for that. They knew that if they put Diana's face on the front of a paper, it would sell papers. Yeah, she still so, sells papers. Well, yeah, she... and and so sort of is there a, a level of um, sort of regret for the morbid curiosity of what's going on in Diana's life? I want to know. I must yeah. know. I mean, is there a level of you know what I mean? And so people are like, oh my god, I can't believe I had a hand in her death. Do you know what I mean? Maybe that's a, a level of guilt that yeah. was there over Diana, perhaps? I mean, it feels... It just feels, like, kind of weird and creepy and, and a bit selfish to me because it, it's, like... It's people who had no idea who this person was. Because I, I... Like, we can only go by what we see, right? We can't mm. ever... We can't even know what our family thinks, really. We can never, let um, inherently know. We can only make deductive... Uh, reasonings about what people believe and what people think but you know it was it was it was unbelievable people would would let's sit outside buckingham palace and weep 
for days mm. and day mm. like, not even like not even Philip got that level of of like admiration and and you know it's like I'm not saying he deserves mm. it or anything like that but it's like it's just it was so strange and I think we have mm. this affinity to like people that look beautiful and look incredibly you know um attractive I think that the, it's not about oh we love this person because of what they stand for we love this mm. person because they're an ideal and they're mm. what I like and 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 I'm going to project what I think they should be onto them you know because mm. no yeah I know what you mean it's um I, I've had a, a similar conversation sort of with myself and with Chloe before now and sort of the idea of I feel like I've watched a lot of Diana-centred things and I still don't really know anything about her. Yeah. Which is a, a very odd thing to think <laughs> because it's like that she's often treated as this sort of this messiah and, okay, but what was she really like in real life? Yeah. Did she have any bad qualities? I, I honestly, genuinely, I don't know. And I think that's probably a bad thing yeah. considering the amount of Diana media I've consumed. Mm. She did she did charity, just like the, the rest of the royals, but the idea that she was some... You know, who went above and beyond? So no, that's mm. just not true. Like yeah, the 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 famous picture of of the of mm. of yeah that that is. I mean, the, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that she didn't do good things, but it's not like mm. Mm. it's not as clear cut as people think it is. And it's it's. It, I think it is a bit too much leaning into idealism over what a person should be rather than who they actually are. Mm. You know, you, ne- yeah, you never yeah. you never meet your heroes because they're incredibly flawed, more than you ever conceive yeah. possible. You know. Mm-mm. It's um no, I think Dougie is right. Dougie quickly just mentioned um AIDS was her biggest one. She broke barriers with that, and you are completely right. Absolutely. The AIDS sort of uh, crisis was something that was absolutely not being addressed in Britain, in America, uh, anywhere really. And Diana did break down walls with that one uh, to address a much needed cause. Yes, yeah, she did. The idea that that's something that really. You, you, we did need to focus on that and looking back it's such a horrible horrible thing to have happened that a lot of Britain was just turning a blind eye to because so it's the gays yeah. oh, we don't care about them we, again a horrible viewpoint to have and it, it's incredibly thankful that Diana did break down barriers and did have a hand in, in, in helping treatment get that little bit of progress which is wonderful um, but yeah I, I still feel like the lady from the picture is all I know about in a funny yeah. way and I don't feel like this film helped no. because the film is sort of a um What's the word? Like a biopic of Diana in a, in a funny way. I mean, it's not even a so, biopic, is it? Because it's, no, it's it's not factual. It's not. I mean, it's more. Again, it's just this this idealism of what of what it's it's the, it's a caricature of what of who mm. she was mm. as a person because we don't yeah, know. Right. You know, we can't. Like, it's the same reason that. It's the same reason that um, I think uh, philosophy should put it in a good way, uh, mm. that nobody really cares about who the queen is as a person, but mm. like, and the reason that people want the monarchy around is because they want to fuck the queen. Did you, did you ever see that video? What? It's like no, I haven't seen the what. It's it's why does Britain still have a monarchy? And and mm. and uh, she said, um, oh, it's because uh, really deep down. Everyone just wants to have sex with the queen. Like, it's not. No one. No one cares about who she is as an individual, and it's just that that raw attraction. Obviously, not literally, but it's. I don't understand the point that she's making there. 
Okay, well, you, you're going to need to watch the video. She says it better than I that. I suppose it's... I am, yeah. But I don't understand. Is it, is it something about her being someone that we just want in power because of the the vibes? Yeah, it's... I don't know. It's the, it's the, feel, it's the feelings that, that she brings, if you get me. It's... Okay. Um, it's raw attraction to, to, to uh, uh, a sense of pride, a sense of country, and, you know, it can be... Like, it can be so powerful that she she sort of dramatizes it as um yeah why 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 do I want to keep the monarchy because I want to fuck the queen obviously that's that's the way she right. says it you need to watch the video it's, a, okay. it's, it's quite I think a good video I would yeah I think I'll need to watch the video because this sounds I, I feel like I'm no no yeah. closer to understanding but I will I'll put it on my to watch list I'm sure yeah um. I've got a quick question about the film to get us back on track rather than just complaining about the monarchy for the for the next 20 Fair minutes. Enough. Um why did Timothy Spall have such a passionate vendetta against Diana? I don't quite get that one because he put out the Anne Boleyn book for her, which seemed to be the source of some kind of visions of Anne Boleyn wandering the halls. I mean, um did he have a vendetta like he did fuck all? It's same well, sort of. But then he sort of was creeping up on her in the in the fridge and like, Are you eating cake, mom? <laughs> ah, yeah. Timothy Spall, you big creepy weirdo. Why are you following her around in the middle of the night? Go to bed. <laughs> I don't know, it's just it's just weird. I mean <sighs> yeah, he put the he put the book down like okay. What that is the. That's, Am I meant to take something yeah, from that? That's yeah, that's the big plot twist of the film that he put a book down for her, and then she started to think, "Oh my god, there's similarities between Anne Boleyn and myself." I'm going mad. Look, come on, come on now. Because mm. are, are we supposed to think that she's gone mad? Is that the message of the film? Are we supposed to think that she's? Uh, I don't. I don't like using the term "gone mad" because it's so vague and so. Yeah. Bit stupid, but are we supposed to think that she's hallucinating? Are we supposed to think that she's making things up? She's sort of gaslighting herself, yeah. Because she's she um, it's that part where um, Maggie comes into the uh, bathroom and Diana sort of collapses on her and hugs her and then comes back and realizes it's not Maggie, it's someone else, yeah. So, are we supposed to think that Diana's really sort of lost touch with reality? Yeah, she doesn't know what's understand what's going on around her anymore. Is that the idea? Because if so, that seems like a really it seems like that contradicts the film's core message, which is Diana is a good mother and a good trying to be a good person, and I... but she's forced into this set of rules that are just really crushing her. But also, she doesn't have a grip on reality, so how can she interact with things around? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> Do you know? What? I'm 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 gonna be honest. I'm just sick of I'm sick of Diana media. Um, mm-hmm. I really am. It's so oversaturated at this point. Um, mm. Yeah, the thing is, Emma Corrin, brilliant as Diana yeah. in the crown. Really brilliant. Emma Corrin, absolutely brilliant. I like Kristen Stewart, and I don't know whether it's a script problem or a Kristen Stewart problem or a director problem, but I didn't find her to be very good in this as Diana or just at all, really. No, um, Timothy Spall is another brilliant actor, and he was he was in this film. <laughs> yeah. And that's about as much as I can say about it, really. He was, he was present. The chef guy, he was all right. He was. I mean, I felt like a sort of connection to him in a funny way, but it's gonna, it's gonna win a fucking Oscar, obviously. Yeah, of course it fucking is. Which is, I mean, have have ridiculous bollocks. I oh god, I hate that when when a film wins an Oscar and all the critics are just like, oh my god, this is the greatest film I've ever seen. Yeah, and and then I watch it and I'm thinking, this is just 
two hours of depressing things. Yeah. Just because something is sad does not inherently give it artistic value. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my strongly held opinions. And it really infuriates me because that's what all Oscar bait films are like. It, they either prey on nostalgia or sadness. It felt... To make you... Ev- to, to easily evoke something from the audience. To make you go, oh, that was really good, yeah. yeah. Uh, nonsense. It felt it felt like a fucking ghost story, you know. It felt like a it horror did. film. And if it, thing is, if it were a ghost story, if it were a horror film, lean into it, lean into the Maybe. idea of Diana's gone to um, whatever the royal Christmas house is, Sandringham, and then they she goes to that, and oh, there's a haunted house over there. Ooh, what am I going to do? And then she goes around the house. Have that be an interesting story on its own she, that's somehow tied into Diana. She could have been that. She, could be a film, sure. She could have been but, the ghost. Like, they could have had what? it. They could have had it at like a Christmas, right, with the family, um. But it's like after she died, and she's a ghost that like, trapped in this house because of the things she experienced. That would have been much oh, better than that. Would have been a very good film, yeah. Have the idea that would have explained like flashbacks and stuff yeah, as well. And Anne Boleyn, things you of could like have whatever yeah. you wanted. Yeah, like how she said, this this is sort of an ancestral home of the royal family. This used to be Queen Victoria's bedroom. Yeah. Then you, yeah, that would have been a way better film. God's sake, Christian Stewart. Well, I fixed it. Get, I fixed get it. on it. I fixed the film. <laughs> oh God, what a shiter. Um. Yeah, it's um that would have been a far better film actually because then you could have had sort of modern royals. Or even future royals. You could have had it when William is king. Yeah. And and had had that. Had, what would the family structure be like then? Yeah. Because of course Diana being William's mother, it could have been something interesting. Of like, I'm proud to see my son sort of sort of doing these things, but I'm exactly. also I know that he's so massively invested in this institution that sort of massively fucked me up. So yeah. What what do which which way do I stand on this? And that would have been really good. Now I'm at... See, right. I love talking about bad films because yeah. I feel like there's a lot to complain about. And it's like the Anton Ego quote from Ratatouille. Um, uh, the work of a Angry critic. words are as easy to write as angry food or something stupid. Yeah. But he makes a good point where he says that it's easy to write negative criticism because it's easy to write, it's easy to read. But then it, I always get annoyed by the end of being annoyed about something because I know it could have been better. Yeah. Because I, I don't know uh, Pablo Lorraine. I presume he's done a number of films before this. Mm-hmm. I presume Stephen Wright has done another number of films before this. Yeah, this Could he is, not have done a different movie? This is not Stephen Wright's best work. No. He did... Um, this is Pablo Lorraine. He did Jackie, uh, where Natalie Portman played Jackie Kennedy. Um, I don't know any of these other things. I've not seen that. Lizzie's Story, uh, Homemade, El Presidente. I don't know any of these things. Okay. <laughs> nope. Uh, who's the other person? Stephen Knight. I recognise the name. Um, he did Locke with Tom Hardy. Serenity, no idea. Dirty Pretty Things, no idea. He blinds uh, us. Eastern Promises, no idea. <laughs> uh, Peaky Blinders, of course, yeah. I, I, no, I don't know almost any of these things. I... Oh, Christ, no. Christ knows. But I just did... I really did not enjoy this film. It's... Yeah. It was. It's also just really fucking depressing. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's really boring and depressing. It's really boring, really depressing, and oh, I don't quite understand. Um, oh, my camera's gone weird. There we go. I don't quite understand the um, subplot where uh, Lady Diana's dresser Loves is her. in love with her. Yeah. Which you know, it's. I, I understand you need to have th- the idea of the film is that it's Diana's journey from being so utterly self-loathing to being sort of maybe things aren't so bad sort of thing. I, I understand that's the idea of the film is it's a journey from those two extremes. 
Yeah. But I don't know why you would have the um. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the starting point in that little journey be her dresser telling her she loves her. I, I really I don't. Is there something I'm supposed to be reading into there? Because if there is, I don't get it. I just I just don't understand. And and Diana putting her clothes on the scarecrow and Diana walking in front of the guns when they're shooting at the pheasants. Oh, there's so much I don't get. Yeah. There's so much shit in this film. Jesus. I know. Oh. <laughs> Lewis, I'm going to be honest with you. I think I'm done. Yeah, I think I'm done. I'm too angry about this film to carry yeah, on. Yeah, it's just... It's it's long, it's boring, it's overdrawn, and it's just mm. pretentious for pretentiousness. You know? Yeah. There's that... I mean, my personal favourite part of the film was that ten-minute stretch where it was Diana dancing and running through different phases of her life. And I remember thinking, what the fuck am I watching? It's child Diana doing some ballet and then teenage Diana doing some ballet. Yeah. And then Kristen Stewart dancing around a bit. And it's just, what the fuck is... What am I watching? What is going on? My, my favourite my favorite part of the film was the opening, like the military nature of the dinner. Like, yeah, that was quite interesting. You think, oh mm. my God, what is going on? And then it's just, no, they're bringing the food in. Like, that's that's really mm. good storytelling, like the excess of these people, you know? Um, yeah, that was good. I like that. Uh, oh, what was mm. the other thing? I, was my least favourite part was the pearl thing. That's yeah. really That really infuriated me. Oh, God, the pearls everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I can't remember what I was gonna say. Oh shit! Oh well. Um. Do we think this film could have been made better with more dialogue? That was something I noticed from the film. Is there was a tiny, tiny amount of dialogue throughout the film. Yeah. Which I thought was something really strange. Um. Timothy Spall is a great actor. Kristen Kristen Stewart, great actor. Why not have them do more talking? Yeah. They can do a lot of emoting and talking. Why not have them do it? I don't know. I just don't get it. No, I don't know. I don't know what... So do you think the film would have been improved with more dialogue or not? I would say so because it it, it cuts Mm. out... I think you need to cut out a lot of the cerebral stuff. I think Mm. if you're going to have it just at a Christmas, you need to have conversations with more than just Charles... um, And the kids. And and uh, the kids. William and Harry. Yeah. Mm. Uh, You need to have a conversation with the Queen Mm. because... Mm. Beyond, and that isn't what my dresser would have picked out. Yeah, which is like, uh, which it sort of implies that the queen is on Diana's side, which is um, a very specific point to make for no real reason. Yeah, I don't understand why she would be, like, Mm. because uh, like the crown is like, no, she's trying to keep her family together, and she's trying, Mm. which which is a which is a motivation which I can understand. Yeah, but in this, she's the queen or not, you would want to keep the family together and happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which wasn't true. She wasn't a fan of Diana. Yeah, she's not a fan of her in The Crown. Hmm. She's like, she just wants the marriage to continue to keep the monarchy from falling apart. She preferred hmm. Diana's sister. Um, do we know that though for sure? Hmm. Can we I have know no that? Idea. Um, yeah, but she's just like she's just like Count Dracula in this fucking film. She says like three she things is, yeah. and then fucks off with her dogs. It's like. I get she's meant to be. That's true. I get she's meant to be distant, but like, mm. come on, you know. And Sally Hawkins is a great actor, so why are you misusing her? You know. Mm-hmm. I just don't quite. Yeah, this this film is not a good movie. I did not enjoy it, um, and I'm looking forward to what we're doing next week because I know it's more fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the Daily Mail says so. Dougie says in the chat. The Daily Mail, that bastion of accurate, <laughs> honest reporting. 
that has reported something, so it must be true. Yeah, exactly. I um, <laughs> he's put a, a tongue sticking out face. Yes. Um, speaking of which, um, mm. do you have a closing statement, and then we can announce what we're doing? Um, I do have a, a closing statement. If I can fucking find the page, this film was shit. I don't want to ever see it again. Yep. I can't be bothered to deal with it. Christ, it was shit. Yep. <sighs> Over. Let's have a film where Diana's a ghost. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Insane, but brilliant. Exactly. Something a bit different. Um, mm. Mine's is a overdrawn art house shite. Mm. So there you go. Yep. It's um, so there we go, everybody. Uh, have we got some? What do we do? What what comes next? I've forgotten already. Shilling. Um, closing statements or shilling? Shilling. That's the one. Yes. Uh, we all have link trees. Uh, Lewis's link tree is linktr.ee slash Lewis underscore Brindley. Mine's is O'Hiram. Mm-hmm. And the podcast is slash Shouting Into The Void. There you'll find our socials, our Instagram, our Facebook, our YouTube. Uh, leave us a like, leave us a comment if you're feeling cheeky. And follow us, subscribe for all the deets do, about do, do. what's happening with our amazing content. Uh, yeah, we also have a PayPal donate button, so anything you can spare, anything at all would be greatly appreciated um it would this is true we also have patreon and we want to take the opportunity as we do every week to thank our wonderful wonderful patrons chloe thank you darius thank you peter thank you aditya thank you natalie thank you and doogie thank you one and all you really do make the podcast possible including allowing us to complain at great length about films we didn't like (laughs) exactly <laughs> uh, Dougie gives us a thumbs up so here's a thumbs up back Dougie absolutely um, we also have merch on Teespring and Redbubble we sell tote bags jumpers mugs stickers socks all sorts of stuff get yourself something nice because yeah. Christmas is ages away um, so yes so you need to get your presents in now yeah, exactly to be really prepared for Christmas <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have an amazing advert that we release every we single do. week mm-hmm. that you will be hearing new Danny I've got some amazing news oh really what I'm gonna make you a hat thanks but, but why well, because Right Side Yarns, who sell beautiful and unique wool, have recently released a new range. Oh, I've heard of them. Aren't they that fantastic Scottish business that sells high-quality hand-dyed products perfect for crafting with? They certainly are, and they're sponsoring the show. R- really? Have they heard the show? Yes, and apparently they like it. Hesia, the owner of the business, has given us a generous 15% off code for any of our listeners to use. Is, is that why you've got Void15 written in your hand? It is! If you or any of our listeners would like to use the code, simply enter VOID15 at checkout with a capital V. Great! Where do I check out? You can go to their website at rightsideyarns.co.uk or check them out on Instagram at kezia underscore rightsideyarns. Fantastic! This hat you're making me better be good. Beautiful. 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 Utterly incredible. Better than Spencer. Yeah, ab- actually is. Yeah. Do you know... There were no ghosts in it, though. Maybe we need to re-record a version with ghosts in it. Do you know, Diana the Musical was shite, but at least she could laugh at that. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was more entertaining yeah. than Spencer. Yeah, yeah. that's... it's. If, you've, if you haven't watched it, dear listener, um, it's it's entertaining yeah. while also being terrible. It's... um. Yeah. The, the writing is very bad. The performances the are very rhyming. bad. The songs are... 
Say again. The rhyming. The rhyming. Oh my god, the rhyming. Every like pretty much every line in the in the entire film because it's like a stage musical that I think they put on Netflix to build anticipation for it being released on Broadway. Um, yeah. And yeah, the rhyming is um, it's atrocious, quite frankly. Yeah. There's one where I think she rhymes no with Scorpio or something. <laughs> it's all very intense and annoying. But yeah, it's. It's there's a Back to the Future musical out soon. Oh, oh fantastic! That's what we need. We need classic films being made into musicals. We do. We don't want new films or new ideas. Yeah, no way. No, 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 no. Oh, don't be silly. No, no, shame. no. Um, but yeah. Uh, last but not least, uh, we are oh. partnered with an amazing company called Number Twelve Crochet Avenue, and Lewis is going to say some wonderful things about them, all of which are true. Indeed I am. Number 12 Crochet Avenue is a wonderful company run by my wonderful wife in which they crochet and they do all sorts of things to do with crochet and the art of yarning in a sort of different way. So if you want to keep up to date with everything that they're doing, you can go to at number 12 Crochet Avenue on Instagram. Give them a follow, give them a like, see what's going on over there and check everything out. So thank you very much. It would be very much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, shall we announce what we're doing for episode 99? Yes. Let's. For 99. Oh my God. We're doing a film called Red Balloons. I don't know if there's ever been any kind of musical about how there's like a, a, a number of red balloons. Something like 99 red balloons. Oh, oh my oh. God, there was a song. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Jesus. Right, okay. Uh- <laughs> Encanto. We are doing Encanto. This is true. Yes. So there you go. It's a it's a Disney movie. It's come out. It's set in Colombia. Uh, it's really good. The songs are bops. Uh, it's it's on Disney Plus. So if you've got Disney Plus, you can check it out there. Um, I don't know where else it is. I'm sure it's somewhere. Um, so good luck and Godspeed. Yes, exactly. Um, but other than that, I think we're done. I think we are also done. Yes. So uh, how exciting! Yeah, we will see you, hear you, smell you. Make you swallow pearls next time. Indeed. Thank you very much for watching. Goodbye. Goodbye.